Yeah, yeah. You guys ready? Yeah. Good to see you all. Y'all. Am I from Texas? Y'all. Trying to, trying to be a Texan anyway. I wasn't born here, but I got here. Thank God. Amen. Took me a little bit, but I got here, and I'm grateful to be here. Uh, good to be with you guys. We are on a series called I Love My Church. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Just one little thing that I want to share with you that's a big thing. And that's next week is Easter Sunday. Amen? Easter Sunday. Please come and be a part. One, two, let's uh, invite someone. It is a big deal. There's people that will not come uh, anytime during the year at your invitation, but they will come during Easter and Christmas. And a great time to impact their life with the gospel. And so let's get out and invite family and friends and let's take advantage of this time. And then third thing I want you to do is that when they come, whoever they are, whether they're with you or not, let's love the dog at them. I don't know how you love the dog out of anybody, but let's make sure we welcome everybody with all of our hearts and just make them feel at home. Can we do that? Okay. And so that's taking place. There's invitation cards. Uh, Let's take those and let's uh, distribute them this week. They're at all the different tables. Okay. Let's get into I Love My Church. And uh, we've been talking about this because, you know, this is Christmas. Christmas. I told, so, I told somebody this week, I said, it's, it's Easter and next week is Christmas. I mean, it's going that fast. It's like that fast. And so it, it is uh, Easter and we're getting ready for that. And, and we just wanted to go back and reflect why, why we love our church. And last week uh, or week before, I had asked people to submit some reasons why they love their church. And we went through a, a list of many of those that were turned in. And, and this week, I just want to talk about why we love our church. And, and let me give you a reason. is We're an open, open circle of love. We really are. We're an open circle of love. You, you've ever uh, been around uh, some relationships that their, their circle of love's closed? And it's like nobody else is, uh, can come in? And we're not one of those. We're, we're an open circle of love where others can come in and receive love. And, and uh, I mean, we, we're, we're going to talk about a number of reasons and another, a number of ways that that looks like. And so we'll talk about that. But Psalm 122 verse 1 says this. It says, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. It ought to be a joyful, joyful thing to come to church. It ought to be a very, very joyful thing uh, that uh, when somebody says come to church, and we ought to be some of the most excited, excited people about going to church. Uh, One, because of the presence of God. In the presence of God is the fullness of joy. And so we ought to be enjoying, enjoying, enjoying God. Not to mention where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. It liberates us, helps us to walk this life with freedom so that we can accomplish what God placed us here on this earth to accomplish. Every one of us has purpose. We want everyone fulfilling that purpose. It's, it's a big part of our church's purpose is to help everyone fulfill their purpose. And so, uh, you know, we need, we need to be uh, excited about that. But let me just give you our vision, our church vision. Church on the Moose's vision is to grow a life-giving church that reaches the lost, disciples the found, and equips the next generation. 
and we're totally and completely fully invested in this and committed to it because we know and the reason why we want to do this and and why we're committed to is because there are people that are lost that need to be saved isn't that right and uh, next week I'm starting a series called Amazing Grace. I am so excited about that. We have a, uh, a gentleman, and I will call him a gentleman, a gentleman in our church, his name's uh, Jeremy Grace. And I said, I'm preaching five weeks on you, Amazing Grace. And so anyway, uh, he likes that. He likes that. And, and so anyway, we're going to be talking about Amazing Grace, and, and it's going to be a powerful, powerful series uh, that I believe can be life-changing for everyone that comes. But uh, Church on the reason the reason we exist is that we do want to see people get saved. And once they're saved, we want to see people get free. There's too many people that get saved and they stay in their bondage. There was a lot of people that got, uh, they got saved out of Egypt, but they wandered in the wilderness because they still had Egypt that they needed delivered from. They needed free from. They still had this slave mentality. And as a result, they didn't experience what God had experienced for, uh, had for them to experience. And so we want to help get people saved. We want to help people get free. We want to help people discover their purpose, their redemptive call, why they're placed on this earth. Too often, too many people are wandering in the wilderness because they don't know why God created them. And every one of us, you know, every one of us have a purpose. That's one of the reasons why we have our growth track, is to help people discover their purpose. And uh, to realize that you're here not because you're an accident. I don't care if you were an accident to your parents or not. God knew you were here, going to be here. And, and he had something designed for you and that he has for you to fulfill while you're here on this earth. Isn't that awesome? And uh, thank you for that one, yes, sir. Amen. And, uh, and so God has a purpose for us. And then we want to give you a reason for, for living. A reason. I mean, we want, you, you, we want you to make a difference. I think every one of us yearn to make a difference. And really, our vision encompasses all of that. And, and that's what we do as a church. And, and so if you want to find out more about that, our growth track's a great way to do that. But uh, here in this series, uh, I've really summed it up in this one paragraph that I'm going to give you here. And it's this, Church on the Move isn't just a building. It's a community of life-giving people making a difference together. It's a place where God changes lives and people take next steps that's why we love our church. It's more than a weekly church service. It's a life-giving church family. And we really do work hard at us being a family where we're doing life together and messing up together and, and cleaning up messes together. Amen? Amen? I mean, we're family. And, and, and we, got, we, got, we, we purposely try to take off the mask so that we can... So we can be freed. One of the things that I discovered that if, if people keep things hid in the dark, they stay in bondage. But if we'll bring it to the light because God is light, then God can touch it and God can free you of it. And so uh, one of the things that I know about family is that when, fam- when your family, uh, they see the real you. Isn't that right? Uh, they, you see, you see, you see it yourse- yourselves at your best and at your worst. And, and I'm here to tell you, as a church, we, we want to walk through life as family. 
and we work hard at that. And so we've been talking about that, but today I just want, I just want you to know that we love our church because we truly are an open circle of love. That we, we, we're not just here for us, but we're here for anybody that wants to come in and join this family and be a part of us. And uh, we're going to, in, in, even outside of that, we're going we're gonna to love people. We're going to help people. I've got a pastor friend in town, uh, and I told him yesterday, I met with him and another pastor from out of town, and I said, I'm here for your success. And uh, I'm here to help you succeed. And uh, he, and I, uh, he and I have become very, very close friends. We're not in competition. We're here to complete each other. And uh, matter of fact, I brought him on and part of my team, part of our team. And he's going to be one of our, actually is one of our overseers now. And I'm actually one of his overseers now in his church. And, uh, and I'm, here to, I'm here about people. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about, it's about God and others. And we're definitely an open circle of love. And if I can do anything as a church, as a leader, as a pastor, as a shepherd, or a father over this house, I'm going to teach us how to be unselfish in every way possible. Because we'll never make a life-giving difference in people's lives unless we're giving of ourselves. Amen? Amen. Let's go home. Because I, don't, I really don't even need to preach anymore. Let's go put it to work. Let's go reach people. Amen. Let's get them in here. We've got a week to get them in here. Let's get them in here. Every, every empty seat for us is a big deal. It is a big deal. When we see empty seats, it ought to, it ought to bother us. And I want it to bother us that we know that people need what we have. And, uh, and that's God's love. Amen? And Jesus Christ. And so, anyway, all right, here we go. Uh, this thing's not cooperating. So we're, we're, we're a church family. And so Jesus, he uh, illustrated this. And I'm going to take what he did in his life and break, break it down in how uh, this is how we try to live our lives as a church. This is how we try to do church and how, how we try to do family because that's what we're doing. As a church, we're doing family. We're just doing this thing. We're trying to figure it out. We don't have it figured out. We're working on it. And as I talked about last week, we all have issues. Doesn't mean we stay there. We're passing through them. We're getting, we're getting free of our issues. But we're trying to figure this out. And Jesus, one day, when he was ministering in, in Matthew chapter 9, there were some things that were said, and I'm going to break this down, and it says, but when he saw the multitudes, can I tell you there's billions of people out there that are desperately in need of Jesus Christ and, and desperately in need of his body here on this earth, and that's us. And when and the Bible says that he was moved with compassion. Another word for compassion there is love. He was moved with love. He was moved with love for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Now that word, that word weary there, it's not in your notes, but it means troubled. They were harassed and hurting. And so there, there's people out there that are troubled. Can I tell you there's people in this house that are troubled? Uh, I, I work with people. I, I get troubled. We get troubled. I'll talk about some of that today. And, and, and let, me, let me tell you something. Uh, people need what we have. 
And I'm so grateful that we're a church that has an open circle of love that we can help those that are in the middle of trouble, in, in the middle of being harassed by the enemy, in, in, the, in the middle of that other thing called hurt, pain. They're, they're suffering through some pain right now. And so that's another word for, for weary. And it, the word scattered means helpless. And, and sometimes we just feel helpless. And guess what? Jesus said they're like, they're like sheep having no shepherd. And we as a church, we ought to be out there wanting to help those that need Jesus Christ. And so there's three things that I just want to share with you. We're an open circle of love. Number one, we have love for everyone. That's one reason why I love our church is because we have love for everyone. It doesn't matter what you look like, where you've come from. I don't care what you've done in your life. We have a love for everyone. We're an open circle for every, every, everyone. I realize that there are some unlovely people. Some of you live with them. Isn't that right? Some of you, some of you work with them. Some of you got them in your family. Everybody has one of those in their family. Isn't that right? And, and, and so, you know, we, 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 we just have people that are unlovely from time to time. And, and, and sometimes it's very easy, not intentionally, but very easy to close that circle. And put some walls up, individ, uh, invisible walls, where we just hold people at arm's length. And, and that circle's really closed. It's just really us four and no more type thing. And we don't ever want to be that. As a church, we're, we're a church that, that is not a church with small groups. We are a church of small groups. But that doesn't mean that we have closed circles. All that means is that we want to care for people best. That we need, we need more than me to care for people. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. We want, we want to make sure that we have love for everybody that walks through our doors because I'm going to tell you one thing that every human being on the face of this earth needs is love. Without exception. And the one reason why is because we were born out of love. Because God is love. And when He birthed us, He birthed, birthed us out of Himself. And, 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 and we, are, we are made for love. Created for love. To receive and to give. And so we need that love. And we want to make sure that we have that circle of love that is open for, for everyone. John three sixteen. God so loved the world. The world. Everybody in it. Anybody and everybody that will ever walk this earth, God so loved them. It doesn't matter who they are, what they've done, where they've been. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And let me tell you, Scripture tells us that we ought to reflect that here on this earth. Are you getting anything out of this? Because I want you to understand this. This is us. This is our church. You make it up. I can't do this alone. I'm telling you, all of us, as the father of this house, I want us loving everybody. And I want that open circle of love. That when somebody comes through these doors, they're going to experience love at its highest, highest potential. That they're going to experience it in this house. Amen? And 1 John 3.16 says it this way. This is how we know 
what love is. Christ gave his life for us. We too ought to give our lives for others. That means of our time, our talent, our treasures, our finances. You know, some of you are so faithful to support and to give to the church and your tithes and your, and your offerings. And thank you so much for doing that. Let me tell you, that's a love expression. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Continue to be faithful. And, and let's all of us be a participant in making that happen. Because lives are touched as a result. And so let me just share with you uh, just the second thought that I have. And then I'll, I'll move on. And, and give you the, the closing in this. But the second thought is, first of all, we, are, we have love for everyone. And secondly, we have ministry for everyone. Because everyone needs ministry. And we have ministry for everyone. Uh, I, I want to read a scripture to you out of Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to start verse 1 and then I'm going to jump to verse 11. In verse 1 it says, Therefore I, a prisoner of serving the Lord, beg you. And as a pastor, I beg you too to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Every one of you have been called by God and I beg you to live a life worthy of that calling. And what is that calling? It's not anything, it's not anything... You know, there's too many people waiting on their call. What are, you know, what am I called to? Let me tell you what you're called to. You're called to ministering to people, to helping people, to get them saved, to help them get free, to help them discover their purpose, and to, and to help them get into that place where they're fulfilling their, what God called them to fulfill and, and to do something great with their life. Amen? That's what we're called to. But here in verse 11, I believe it describes to us what it is. It says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, and pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So what is it? We ought to be doing the work of Christ, And building up the body of Christ. Building up his church. Let's read it again. Their responsibility, ours as pastors, is to equip God's people to do the work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. In other words, we're supposed to be doing what Jesus did here on this earth. John chapter 14 verse 12 says it this way. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Jesus went about doing good. He went about healing the sick, healing those that were oppressed of the devil. Amen? Amen. And so the things that he did, we ought to be doing. Some of you might look at yourself and say, how can I do this? You can't in your own power. You do it by the power of God in you. If you have Jesus Christ inside of you, you've got the ability. You've just got to let him work through you. You just got to be willing to step out and, 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 and put Jesus on the spot and let him use you in other people's lives. 
you got to be willing to say things when, when you feel like inside he wants you to say something. you got to be willing to pray for people when they're going through some stuff and expect God to do something. One of the things that I say all the time, when people of faith pray for people in faith, miracles happen. And God wants to do miraculous things. And I'm going to tell you, every one of us, every one of us need ministry from time to time. And God called us here to be his body. The body of Christ. When Jesus walked this earth, the Bible knows, you know, it's very clear about what he did. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Is God with us? Yes. And now, when Jesus ascended on high, what did he do? He birthed the church. He birthed his body here on this earth in order to do what he did here on this earth, and that's to help people get saved and free, help them discover their purpose, and help them to make a difference with their life. Amen? And that's what he's done for us. And we've got to quit being shy about it. We need to get out and do it. And I'm going to tell you, here's a ch- as a church, I'm equipping... I'm equipping us to, to, to provide ministry for everybody that comes through our doors. I don't care how big we get. We want to make sure that there's ministry for everyone. And my greatest responsibility is not the doing of the ministry, though I do, because I'm a Christian, because all Christians should be doing that. But as a pastor, my main responsibility is to equip you for the work of the ministry. And one of the reasons why we, we do what we're doing right now, and even me sharing this message, is to help equip you in your thinking that God wants to use me. It starts with a belief that you've got to believe that God wants to use you. You've got to believe that God's going to use you, not only that He wants to, but He will use you if you'll just step out and let Him use you. Oh my gosh, somebody needs to get excited with me. Because this excites me. Because I, I've seen so many people that have been liberated and set free just because I, I was willing to step out of the boat and be used by God. And so as a church, you know, you, we, we, we provide ministry for everyone. Because it's just not me. We're raising up, we're raising up people. One of the responsibilities of our, our small groups is to, is to minister to people that have needs. Because that's how we pastor here. We pastor through our small groups. I can't be with the people all the time, but let me tell you, when we have enough people doing this, lots of people, and there's going to, I mean, we're going to continue to raise up leaders, and, 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 and they're able to help minister to, to the masses that God will allow us to pastor. And we're going to see people just, oh, marriages restored and people's bodies healed and, and people's minds set free. There's people that are plagued in their, in their mind and in their lives. I mean, and that's because ministry is being released through our body. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Let me share uh, uh, a testimony that uh, Jamie... Uh, uh, Black uh, shared after one of her groups as she turned in a report. She says, God is so awesome. Isn't God awesome? God is so awesome. It always seems that whoever needs to hear the topic we are talking about, they show up. I'm blown away by the way God is speaking to us and through each other in our lives just right where we need it. Or just right when we need it. No, right where we need it. Last night, the women on on their own, started to share what this group has meant to them 
and how it is affecting them. It brings me to tears to think about it. God is, God is loving on his daughters and helping them to see who they really are in him. I, I cannot give enough praise to the faithfulness of God. He is so, so good. And we do want to give praise to God, but I'm going to tell you something. I want to give thank, uh, appreciation and, and, and uh, uh, just a thankfulness to uh, Jamie for allowing God to use her. And I'm going to tell you that happens with a, a lot of our people. We provide ministry through our small groups. And I love our church for that. I love our church that it's a body at work. It's a body doing the ministry here on this earth. You know, I, I, and every one of us need ministry. Matter of fact, church ought to be a place to come and get ministry. And, and, and I, there's been times, I remember on the way to church, a few years back, I don't remember how long ago it was, how many years, I forgot to ask my wife, but on the way to church, we were just heading, we were just heading out the door, if not already in the car, heading to church, and my wife receives a phone call from her, uh, from her brother and, 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 and uh, communicated that uh, their younger brother had just passed. And uh, he was in his 50s, had a heart attack and passed in, 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 in his sleep. I guess it was a heart attack. And, uh, and you know what? My wife, we, we just came to church. It was the best thing for her. She came and she, you know, she was loved on and, and we did ministry and, and he who refreshes others himself will be refreshed. I think it was refreshing for her that she was able to give of herself even though she was in deep in pain for the loss of her brother. As a matter of fact, I think she flew out the next day or the day after and, and she did and preached her brother's uh, funeral. And, and, and I, I believe that I believe she was able to do that because of the ministry of our, our body, the ministry of our church. We all go through stuff. Another reason why I believe that our church is an open circle of love, not only that we have love for everyone, we have ministry for everyone, but we have room for everyone. That we do truly have room. Jesus was ministering and one time, and he said this. Uh, he says, go out quickly into the streets. In uh, Luke 14, verse 21. Luke, uh, go out into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And, uh, and the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded. And still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them. There's an urgency there. Compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of these men, forget verse 24, it's not up there. And, and so, uh, because that doesn't apply here, what I'm going to say. But uh, he says, go compel them to come in. Why? Because there's still room. And I'm going to tell you, even after this is room, we're going to make more room. We're, we're going to, we're going to, as long as there's people to reach, we're going to make room. He says, go compel them to come in. A few years ago, I don't even think my, I don't even think my granddaughter was born yet. 
and I had this dream of my grandson, and uh, that shouldn't surprise anybody. I dream about my grandson, my granddaughter all the time, love those, those guys, and I'm, I've got another grandchild on the way, or two or three or four, however many. <laughs> She, she, she hadn't gone to get a sonogram yet, so we don't know how many's roaming around in there. And my daughter-in-law is saying, no, she's not. She, she loves experiencing things. I said, wouldn't it be cool to experience at least some twins? That'd be so cool. Anyway, for me, Poppy, Poppy, Poppy. Anyway, yeah. So I, I, was, I had a dream of my grandson, and uh, in this dream, he had gotten lost. And, and, you, and, and I'm, I'm so grateful, thankful, that words do not express that that's never happened in, in real life. But in that dream, he had gotten lost. And I remember trying to find my grandson and you know just going all over and and the scenery was not familiar and and looking for him and and he was lost and I couldn't find him and uh in that dream uh you know, I, I, I was thinking, and I, and I don't even remember, uh, I, I, don't, I think I woke up before I actually found him, but I, I remember thinking uh, since then that uh, in that dream, nothing else mattered. That nothing else mattered. I, you didn't matter. My wife didn't matter. My son didn't matter. Had my granddaughter been alive, she at that point wouldn't have mattered because she would have been okay. And, uh, you know, it just, it just didn't matter. The only thing that mattered was finding my grandson because he was lost. And because there was room for him and he was not there. And I was thinking, you know, I was thinking, had anybody come to me during that time? Had you come to me during that time and said... You know, I, I'm, I want this or I want that. I'd, I'd probably just say, shut up. And help me look for this, my grandson, because he's lost. Don't worry about what you're going to have for lunch. Or don't worry about what you're going to wear. Or don't worry about what you're driving. Don't worry about your problems. Help me find my grandson. That's all that would have mattered. And I'm here to tell you, as a pastor, I have that urgency. I'm grateful that you're here. I love you with all my heart. But I'm going to tell you who's important. And that's those that are lost out there. We have room for them. And we need to be taking serious these empty seats like never before. And we need to be out there getting people in so that they can come to know Jesus Christ, so that they are found. And we are truly about reaching the lost and discipling the found and equipping the next generation. Amen? Amen. Amen. And that's why I love our church. I love our church because we have room for everyone. No one excluded. And that's our heart as a church. That's all i got to say on the deal. Now here, Easter is next weekend. 
So I'm, we've got a week to get out there and invite, a week to invest in people's lives, to love on them and invite them to come in. And as we do, they're going to experience these three things for sure. They're going to experience a love. They're going to experience not only a love, but they're going to experience ministry. If they need ministry, they're going to, they're going to experience that. And they're going to experience that there's room for them. That they're not going to be an outcast, but they're going to be included in this house. In Jesus' name.